Well, what's up, Friday people, my Friday night church, so good to see Every one of you, so glad that you guys are here. I um, I love Friday night church, and I know that, um, you know, it, it's not usually uh, as big as a crowd as we have on Sunday, but I always say that, you know, the hungry people come on Friday night, you know, the people who want more of God. I was, I was reading this uh, in my devotions. I was reading in my devotions this uh, passage in the book of 3 John, it's like this tiny little uh, epistle. There's not much there, but um, 3 John, verse 2, it says, Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health just as your soul prospered. See, Nancy knows that word, and it's just such a beautiful thing that John is, is writing his church, and he said, you know, beloved, I want you to be in good health, and I want you to prosper just as your soul prospers. That, that, that God wants you to be whole. He wants you to be healthy. He wants that you to have everything you need. He wants you to be free from fear and anxiety. All those things are in God, and the only way that we get them is by coming to the source. Amen? By plugging into by plugging into the source of God because, you know, wh what's the world offer you? Stress, anxiety, fear, you know, the, the fear of not being good enough, competition, you know, looking at everybody's, you know, highlight reel on their, on their Facebook. You know, I think social media is like, you know, if you don't realize that, like, that is not real life. Like, that's their highlight reel, right? That, you know, you see the, and you're like, oh, you know, that couple, look how happy they are. They look so happy together in, in every picture. But meanwhile, like, they don't, like, put on Facebook, like, hey, we got in a big fight and had to call the cops tonight, you know. It's like, that doesn't make the highlight real. So you get in this place where you start feeling insecure and you start feeling like everybody has it better than you. And, you know, none of that is from God. So we want to stay focused 
on the things of God. We want to drink from that well that never runs dry, that, that, that river of life that kind of comes in those dry places in our soul. And that's what we're going to do. And that's what I'm going to believe tonight. I'm going to believe that, that the Holy Spirit is going to flow just like a river. And if there's any of those places that it just feels dry to you, places where you've been struggling, places where you just like, maybe you've been stressed out from things that happened during the week, that river of God is going to flow, and it's just going to, it's just going to come into them desert places, and it's just going to satisfy you, and you're going to leave here full of faith, full of joy, full of peace, and, and ready to, to take on any challenges that life might bring, amen? So we're going to begin like we always do in worship. If you want to stand to your feet, I'm going to go ahead and pray. Heavenly Father, we come to you in the name of Jesus. Lord, and we thank you that your plans for us are to give us a hope and a future. Plans, to, to, plans for good and not for evil. Lord, that you have a good plan for our life, Lord. And Lord, we may face some challenges, but we know that by faith we can overcome them all. That there, there's nothing that, that scares you. There's no challenge that we have in our life that is too big for you. Lord, so we praise you. We praise you because while we were still sinners, you died for us. And that you, you know our weaknesses, Lord, and you still love us. So, Lord, we just ask you to just have your way in this service, Lord. And I, and I pray, Holy Spirit, just come and fill this room. Build faith give life, build joy, build hope. And we thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, amen. Amen.
to receive what you have for us today, Lord. In your name we pray. Amen. You guys may be seated. Great job, worship team, as always. If I could have the ushers come forward, we're going to take the offering for tonight. The Bible says you sow generously, you reap generously. Um, if you'd like to give uh, electronically, there's a QR code if you got a bulletin. There's also a text to give if you could uh, put that number. There's also Venmo at New Hope Ambridge. However you want to give, we want to make it easy for you. And I believe that God will bless you. So just pray about what God would have you give and just be faithful to that. And I'll just go ahead and I'll pray over this offering as the guys come around. Heavenly Father, we come to you in Jesus' name. And Lord, you know the, the plans that you have for us. Lord, you know every bit of what it'll take to get there, Lord. So we thank you, Lord, that it's already there, that it's already taken care of, Lord. And I pray that you would just bless the hands that give uh, according to your word, Lord, that you would multiply that seed and they would have an abundance for every good work. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So I'm really glad you guys made it here tonight. Um, it's been a, a busy week for me, but it's been a good week. I've had some weeks where I kind of ran around and felt really tired, and um, I'm like, man, I didn't get anything accomplished, you know. But so many good things happened uh, this week. Of course, we had the memorial service for our brother in the Lord. Uh, Kirk, so we have his, if you're wondering why that triangle flag is there, that was uh, the flag that was presented by the uh, Beaver County Special Unit. So we did that on Monday, uh, Tuesday, the um, couple people came out, especially the worship team and Trey and Bo and the whole gang was out there and uh, they set up um, keyboard and speakers and we had microphones out there and you know, Halloween, which was, you know, everybody thinks is like the devil's night. But we don't give the devil any nights in this church, amen? He doesn't get one. He's not allowed to get one day. So <laughs> they were out there worshiping, and, man, it was just, uh, I, I had some uh, administrative stuff I had to do and some meetings, so I could just hear them out there worshiping, and I'd pop out every once in a while. And uh, it was just really awesome. So everybody that came out uh, for that, 
Uh, God bless you. It was great. I think the, the pride of my day was waking up the next morning and uh, seeing a couple people complaining that there was some church singing about Jesus on Halloween. And so I was like, yes. I was, I was happy. It was, it was, uh, it was a good day. Um, so uh, here we are today. And um, I, I was praying on what to uh, speak on next. We kind of finished up our series on uh, spiritual warfare. And I hope that was a, a profitable uh, thing for all of you guys. Um, and I, I was praying. I was like, okay, wh- where do I go next? And I felt God speaking to me. And saying that it is time for a financial breakthrough. Is there anybody here who wants to have a financial breakthrough? Or a couple of you, the other one's like, nah, I'm good. I, you know, you know I, I'm not talking about just having enough. I'm talking about being in a place of overflow that you personally become a, a source of blessing for your neighbors and for your church and and for the poor people that, that are around you. And as we get into this area of um, being in uh, you know, financial overflow, financial breakthrough, I want us to make sure that we keep the right mentality for this. Because if we go this in the idea of like, yeah, Lord, I want more money, you know, just so I can get a, a, a nicer car and I get a bigger house and I get to wear expensive clothes. Like if you just go into it with that idea, then you're just being worldly. And a lot of people go in it with, with that idea. And I, and I believe that, that, that God wants to, God can give you all those things. But if we go into it where we just want things, then we're going into it with with the the wrong thinking, and we're not aligning with the heart of God. What is the heart of God? Getting people saved. I mean, don't you guys just get excited when we do an altar call on a Sunday, and and people come up, and they pray the prayer, and sometimes, like, you know, last Sunday, they, they give their lives to the Lord. They get baptized all, you know, in the same day. I mean, um, supporting missions work. Right, we have uh, Dan and Brian and, and Rose and his family. The kids they they've hit the ground in the Philippines, you know, and we want to be able to help them and provide for what they need um, out there. I mean, uh, building recovery homes, having after-school programs, uh, building Christ-centered alternatives to public schools, feeding people who are hungry, making sure they have enough food, making sure that people can keep their water on and keep their heat on and keep their electric on, building shelters for people that are, that are homeless. Like these are things that, uh, uh, that matter to God and these are things that align with the heart of God. And guess what? These things to get them done takes money to do it. A lot of you guys know Bruce and Children's Rescue Initiative. He's been here at this church and um, we, we had a bunch of his books in the back, and um, through Children's Rescue Initiative, he's headquartered just about two hours away from here, and, you know, they've rescued over 2,000 people um, from human slavery and human trafficking, and, you know, I mean, by literally going, like, boots on the ground, like, sending people to go, you know, he, he'll message me, he'll be like, Rick, I need you to pray. I got some people in Africa. They're going to rescue six kids from these traffickers. And, and then he'll message me and he'll be like, you know what? They were successful. They got the kids and they'll rescue 
um, these people that are in human slavery and human trafficking, and then he has these safe houses that are set up in different parts of the world and where they can be um, restored. And, you know, according to him, it's, you know, to send guys on a mission, it's about $10,000, you know, for each mission. But here's the thing. I mean, can you imagine that people are stuck in human slavery or they're stuck in a, in a human trafficking, maybe a sex slavery uh, type condition, all because there's not enough money to send people. You know, and I want us to, to, to have that heart. I mean, can you imagine saying, you know what, I'll give $10,000 for a mission. Or to be in the place where you could give $100,000. Or to even be in a place where, where you could say, you know what, I'll give a million dollars to go so I can see people free. Like, that's the heart of God. That's the true, that, that's the true meaning that, that, that my heart breaks that for the things of God. And, and I want to be blessed so that I can be an instrument and use my resources to, to build the kingdom of God. Because... We live in a day and age where there are very rich, wicked people that are actively trying to tear down the things of God, that are coming against the family, that are coming against everything uh, that's godly. But I, I got good news for you because the Bible says the wealth of the sinners has been laid up for the righteous. So I'm believing in this season and this year that we are going to have financial breakthrough for everyone in this church who wants to take this word and mix it into faith, and I'm believing for financial breakthrough for this ministry. Amen? And so over the next few weeks, I have some things that I'm going to be dealing with, so I want to encourage you to try to make it here for uh, the next couple Sundays um, if you want to achieve financial breakthrough in your life. We're going to be talking about, first of all, having an abundance mindset. That's what we're going to be talking about tonight. We're going to be talking about finding uh, and, and developing the dominant gift in your life. How many of you know that in each and every one of you, God has put gifts and talents and, in a mix that's unique to you and unique to the world. And when you begin to use the gifts and talents that are in you and develop them, right, that is the key to, to really, you know, raising your income. God gives you the power to get wealth. He's given you time and, and ability and talents, and you can use them, and God will bless the work of your hands. Also, we're going to talk about learning contentment, right? Learning to be content at, at a certain place and not getting into a rush because a lot of people, they, they, they want to have things before they're, they're, they're ready to have things or they want to have things that... They're, you know, took their parents a long time, so they go and they get into debt and they get into bondage and they, they get all messed up. So we're going to talk about that and then we're going to talk about getting into uh, God's blessing cycle through sowing and reaping. But that's going to be um, over a period of a couple weeks and uh, what we're going to talk about tonight is having that abundance mindset. And um, how many of you know that the main thing that holds a lot of people back from kind of living in abundance is not so much, you know, where they come from, who their family is, their level of education. It's really the way that they think. It's really the way that they think and 
Uh, Proverbs 23, 7, um, it should be there. It, 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 the beginning of it says this. It says, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. So, you know, it costs you zero dollars to change your mind state and align it, begin to align it with the things of God. So that's what we're going to, that's what we're going to get into uh, tonight. I'm just going to pray for the message. Heavenly Father, I come to you in Jesus' name. I pray that you would add a blessing to your word. I pray that you would fill me uh, with the Holy Spirit and with power, Lord. I pray that this word would go out. Lord, I pray that you would break every remnant of uh, a poverty mentality um, in this church, in this community, Lord, and that you would replace it with a spirit of abundant generosity and prosperity. And we thank you, Lord. We give you honor, we give you glory. In Jesus' name, amen. So I, I told, I've told the story before. Uh, years ago, I was, I was reading the book of Daniel, and it was talking about how Daniel prayed, and, um, and he prayed, and then this angel comes down to him. And this angel says, you know, like, as soon as you prayed, an angel was dispatched with that prayer, but the angel was wrestling with, uh, something called the Prince of Persia, and that's why it took 21 days to come down. And, and, and you know, if you read that, it's like th this Prince of Persia was like a territorial spirit that was over top of that. And I, and, I, and I started thinking about, well, you know, is there different territorial spirits over, like, different regions, and that causes these different regions to be in different kinds of bondage. And so I'm like, okay, well... I, I believe that God called me to, to have my life's work here um, in Ambridge. And so what kind of territorial spirits, like, are in this area? Like, what, what are the things that, that have people in bondage in this area that I know that I'm going to have to deal with um, in the ministry? And I, I believe that God spoke to me and gave me three things. And the first thing he talked about was a spirit of religion. A spirit of religion. And... Uh, the other one was a spirit of addiction, just a spirit of drug use and, and people depending on drugs to, to uh, solve all their problems. And the last one was a spirit of poverty, a, a poverty spirit. And I feel like we've kind of really kicked the spirit of religion in its teeth. I mean, I think that we've, that's something that we've really came against and, and we've kind of replaced this uh, spirit of religion with that relationship with Jesus Christ and and I think that we've made advances there and 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 we actively all the time are still uh, fighting and helping people get free from uh, addictions it's kind of this ongoing battle that that the church has always put resources um, into but I think the, the the poverty spirit is probably the one that probably needs a little bit a little bit more attention and I think one of the reasons is, is um, because people have a bad reaction to the pastor talking about money sometimes. There goes a pastor talking about money again. That's all they want. That's all they do is, is talk about money. And there's like a, there's a stigma with that. And I've never wanted people to think that, you know, that, that I'm, you know, that I'm in it for the money or that I'm just interested in, in taking their money. I'm interested in them. I, I, I don't. I don't want their money, so I think there's been a little bit of, of holdback because there's been some abuses in that area, so I haven't probably 
taught on it the way that, that I really should. But I think there's a, another part of it that I think sometimes as a pastor, I myself has kind of settled in, in a poverty mentality. Because I, I took over the church, there was 30 people um, that, you know, on a good Sunday we had, we would have 30 people in church. I mean, there was absolutely no money. I mean, there was even way more stuff needed fixed than, than there does now. I mean, just tons of, uh, of deferred, you know, maintenance. And um, I was bivocational for those first four years. I, I continued to work as a mail carrier and pastor of the church because there was no money to, to, to really, you know, pay the bills. And so I, I feel like ever since I took over the church, like I, I've always had to like really stretch that dollar. You know, and I, and I got really good out of getting a lot, you know, out of a dollar. And, and it's good um, to be frugal, I think, and you want to be a good financial steward and you want to do things, you know, in a wise way. But I, I think that sometimes some of my choices were, would be driven by more of a poverty mentality than a kingdom mentality. I, I can remember, you know, I can't, something happened to the, to, to the toilets in the in the girls bathroom and so it was like well we needed we needed to get new toilets you know uh, and um, I don't know some of the ladies were pretty hard on the toilets and so we had to get a new one and and, and uh, you know I, like I, I feel like a normal person would just go to Home Depot or Lowe's or whatever nope I went on Facebook marketplace you know what Maybe I could maybe I could get a used toilet, right? Somebody's remodeling their bathroom, and you know people do. They sell you know used toilets, and you know whatever you clean them up, you can replace the gut. So about twenty bucks instead of spending you know one hundred and fifty bucks. And so I, I go and I, I I find this guy. He's got two toilets on Facebook Marketplace, and I, I don't my truck's not. I got rid of my truck, so now I got to find somebody with a truck, and I get in and. And we drive out, we meet some hillbilly. I don't even know where it was. It's like, and, and he's got like these old toilets that are like sitting outside of his house, like in the mud. And it's like winter time. It's like, all right, so, you know, we buy these. I load them on. I get them back here. And I guess they had water in them and stuff. And so it froze and they cracked and they broke. So it's like I didn't even, I didn't even have them. And, and I don't know. I think I was like, and I was telling somebody the story. And this one guy heard me, and he's like, man, he, he like reached in his pocket. He's like, man, he's like, please, like, if you need a toilet or something, he's like, it's not that bad. Like, you know, like, just ask me, like, please tell me, like, don't, you don't have to do all that. Like, and I was, and I started thinking to myself, like, why am I settling for so little? Like, why am I, wh like, we have a woman's home that, that, that we're, repairing we have a, a kitchen that we're remodeling we have a bunch of other projects that that I'm looking at and, and, and in the back of my mind like like I'm moving forward in faith but at the same time like I'm worried that like we're gonna run out of money but then it's like I think to myself like do we not serve a good father do we not serve a a, a mighty God is he not El Shaddai the God of of more than enough has has God not called us to be the lighthouse on the hill like is is what we do in, in saving people's souls is, is it not important 
right? Why do I, why do I think so small sometimes? And, and I want to challenge you as well to, to think bigger for yourself and to believe for, for bigger things for yourself. Don't, don't think of, of scarcity. Begin to think of, of abundance. Listen, there's more than enough to go around. There's people that have a lot of money. There's more than enough to go around, and God can get that money to you. God can put an idea in you, give an instruction to you that can make you a million dollars. Amen. Like, we don't serve like a God of scarcity. Like, like God's not up there like saying, hey, you know, um, you know, we might need to cut back on the sun because, you know, Duquesne Light raised their electric bills and, you know, I'm God, so they, you know, they've got me under a commercial plan, so then we need to cut back on the sun today because I can't afford it. No, he's a God of abundance, right? He, the things that we need to survive are air and water, right? And that's in, uh, that's in the earth in abundance. He's the God of, of more than enough. God is not limited in, in any way, but the only way that God becomes limited is through our unbelief. That's the only way that, that God is, is limited for us. And I want to look at a, a pretty familiar story in the Bible, and, 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 that's the book, and that's a story from the book of Numbers about um, the 12 spies. And and if you don't know the, the story about the 12 spies, I'll give you, uh, just for time's sake, I'll give you a little bit of an introduction. But, you know, Moses um, was raised up to be this deliverer. And, and the people, this, this mighty people of Israel, they had got put into slavery in Egypt. And, and God heard their cry. He raised up Moses. And, and Moses came and, and he delivered them out of slavery, with the power of God, mighty signs and wonders, right? Uh, the, the, the plagues, the uh, Passover, you know, the parting of the Red Sea. I mean, all these amazing things. And, and they come out of Egypt uh, through the Red Sea, and they go into the wilderness. And God tells them that he's giving them what he called the promised land. They called it a land flowing of milk and honey. It was going to be an abundant land. And God said, I am leading you there. I am, I am giving it to you. I, it, it's going to be a place of abundance. And when they get there, they decide to send out 12 spies to um, check out the land. And, 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 and keep in mind that the 12 spies weren't supposed to go there to say whether they could or couldn't take it God said take the land they were just supposed to go to to check it out but 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 they go there and they come back and the report that they give it's numbers 13 verse 21 we're going to jump in there numbers 13 verse 21 it says so they went up and spied out the land from the wilderness of Zin, as far as Rahab, near the entrance of Hamath. And they went up through the south. They came to Hebron, Ahamon, Shishai, Talmai, and the descendants of Anak were there. Now Hebron was built seven years before Zon in Egypt. Then they came to the valley of Eskel, and there they cut down a branch with one cluster of grapes. They carried it between two of them on a pole. 
They also brought some of the pomegranates and figs. The place was called the Valley of Eshel because the cluster which the men of Israel cut down there. And they returned from spying out the land after 40 days. So they go out in this land and they bring some of the fruit of the land back. Now, when it talks about them being in a wilderness, like it wasn't like a wilderness like we would think like, okay, the northern mountains of Pennsylvania or something like this. Like this was a desert wilderness. So they were going to a land where, uh, I mean, the, the ground was so good that one cluster of grapes, I mean, two guys are carrying this cluster of grapes. I mean, that's how bountiful and how fruitful this land that God wanted to give them was. Verse 26, now they departed and came back to Moses and Aaron, all the congregation of the children of Israel in the wilderness of Paran at Kadesh, and they brought back word to them and to all the congregation and showed them the fruit of the land. Then they told him and said, we went to the land where you sent us. It truly flows with milk and honey, and this is its fruit. Nevertheless, the people who dwell in the land are strong. The cities are fortified and very large. Moreover, we saw the descendants of Anak there. The Amalekites dwelled in the land of the south. The Hittites, the Jebusites, the Amorites dwell in the mountains. And the Canaanites dwell by the sea along the banks of the Jordan. So uh, what they were saying is like there's a lot of enemies in the land. And, and some of the people that they were talking about um, that were actually giants. Giants existed um, during that time. And, and so they had these, the, these giants in the land that they seen. And they seen all these uh, different enemy armies. And... What are they saying? Yeah, it's, it's a good land, but look at all the enemies. Look at the giants in the land. There's all kind of enemies there. Verse 30, then, then Caleb quieted the people before Moses and said, Let us go up at once and take possession, for we are well able to overcome it. Verse 31, but the men who had gone up with him said, We are not able to go against the people for they are stronger than we. And they gave the children of Israel a bad report of the land, which they had spied out, saying, The land which we have gone as spies is a land that devours its inhabitants, and all the people whom we saw in it are men of great stature. There we saw the giants. The descendants of Anak came from giants. And check this out. We were like grasshoppers in our own sight. And so were we in their sight. They had this grasshopper mentality. They're, they're, they're too big. There's, there's too much challenge. What, what did we read? What was the scripture we read? As a man thinks in his heart, so is, so is he. And it says we were like grasshoppers in what? Our own sight. The enemies didn't say that they were like grasshoppers. They said we were like grasshoppers in our own sight, and so we were in their sight. Because if you think that you're nothing but a grasshopper, that's what you're going to be as a grasshopper. As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. They're too big. And sometimes we have the grasshopper mentality. You know what? I guess I've just made too many mistakes. You know, I guess God's just punishing me. I'm never... Never going to get back what I got before. I'm just too old. I'm not going to be able to make it. 
Everyone just is always against me and just keeps me down. You know what? My family was poor. I've always been poor. I guess that's just the way that I'm going to be. It's, it's a grasshopper mentality. And so many people that are, that are Christians have the grasshopper mentality. They, they love God. They're forgiven. They, 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 they come to church and they pray. But they never really believe God for, for big things. They never really believe that, that God wants to prosper them or, or that they're worthy of it or that they can be in a place where they can be a vessel of God to, to, to bless other people. And, and you see this with the spies. It's like, okay, yeah, there, there's a promised land, but there's too many enemies. But then there's this guy, Caleb, who had a different spirit. He didn't have a grasshopper mentality. You know, in, in verse 30, if you look at that, he says, let us go up once. Let us possess the land. We're, we're well able to take the land. And, and this is the kind of, of mentality that, that I want you guys to have. Like anything that you want to do and you want to accomplish, there's going to be challenges. But you got to say that, that, yeah, you know what, there's challenges to, to starting a new business. There's challenges with going back to school. There's challenges with starting a new job, starting a new ministry. But you know what? God is with me, and if God is with me, and God called me to do it, then, then we are well able to possess the land. So, so let us step out in faith, and let us possess everything that, that God has for us. That's the kind of spirit that I want us to have as a church. When, when we see something, when we see a need, when we see a ministry, when we see something that needs done, we say, you know what? God called us to do it, so, so we are well able to do it. Did you ever think that, that with everything that, that we've struggled with in this church, that, that we'd be able to send people out and maybe one day start a church over in the Philippines? I never did. But guess what? God opened the door, and now I'm believing that we are well able to start a church even in a foreign country. Amen. Because if God is, is for you, then who can be against you? It may look hard. It may look tough. It may look difficult. Well, you know, you got to go out there and you got to fly on a plane, you know. And it's, it's about 30 hours of travel. And, and it costs a lot of money to ship stuff over there. And, and, and you know, it's a different culture. And, and it's kind of dangerous because there's a bunch of Muslims in that section of the Philippines. Guess what? If God is for us, then who can be against us? Amen. That's the mentality that Dan and Brian had. That You know what? We're going to go. We're going to go against the odds. We're going to believe God. We're going to trust God that when we hit that ground, when I hit that ground and my feet hit that ground, then God's coming with me. And some stuff is going to happen in the name of Jesus. That's called having a different spirit than the world. It's called walking in an in, in abundant mentality, knowing that I may not have all the resources in myself, but my father owns the cattle on a thousand hills. So if he calls me to do something, then he is going to provide everything I need to do it. If it's his will, it's his bill. Amen. I remember one time I, was, I had this evangelist coming and, and he was going to be preaching at the church and this was before I was even licensed as a pastor. And, you know, things got so rough. We had this young couple that came in and pastored the church. 
And they just quit, man. They said, this is too much. Like, we're done. We're out of here. I mean, they didn't wait to get a new pastor in here. They didn't lay hands on nobody. They said, we're gone. This is too much. And they just took off. And so we didn't have a pastor. So I was getting different people to, to speak. And, and, and I can remember I was talking to this guy and I was just telling him all the problems. Well, you know, we don't have a pastor. And, you know, and a bunch of people left the church. And, you know, we don't really have any money. And I don't know what we're going to do. And, I, you know, and he's like, you know what, man? He said, it's God's church. It's his problem. So quit worrying about it. And, and I think... Part of it was he just did it to shut me up, you know, because I was just whining. So it was just like an easy thing to say to shut me up. But he was right. And I started thinking like, you know what, if this is God's church, then he can take care of it. Amen? He, 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 can, he can bring it back. He can provide everything that, that we need. And, and so I quit worrying from that point forward and said, all right, God, it's your church. And, 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 and God did it. He, he's been working miracles ever since then. But Caleb had a different, a different spirit. You know, instead of, instead of seeing the, the obstacles, he, he relied on the promises of God. He saw the promises of God. And there's always going to be obstacles in our path. There's always going to be difficult things. There's always going to be somebody that comes against us. But are you going to look at your problems or are you going to look at your God? And when you look at your God and you magnify your God, right? You, you magnify his name. That means you, you, you make God is bigger than your problems. He's bigger than your, the obstacles or anything that, 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 that you'll face. Um, he, he, you got to have a different spirit. Caleb had that spirit. And, and in the next chapter, uh, chapter 14, um, there's just him and there's another guy named Joshua. And uh, you might know him. He's got a book of the Bible named after him called the book of Joshua. And, and these are the only two. And, and they're believing God. And they're trying to convince the people that, you know, don't, don't, don't say that we can't do it. Don't, don't test God. And, 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 and they're trying to convince people, don't do this. This is unbelief. And, and, and they're trying to speak faith. But the people, they, they have a slave mentality because... They, they came from Egypt, and they came from slavery, and, and they're like, you know what, you, you brought us out into the desert just so we could die. Let, let's turn around, and let's get new leaders, and, and let's go back to Egypt so that we can be slaves. Can you imagine that? Being satisfied with being slaves. And some of us get satisfied with just the bare minimum, just as long as I can be secure. Like, I'll go back to Egypt and be a slave as long as I can make sure that I'll get uh, three meals a day and, and, and give up all my freedom. And, and, and they don't want to take any chances. And they have a slave mentality. And God wants to break that slave mentality. He wants to break that poverty mentality and say, I didn't call you to be a slave. I called you to be a son. I called you to be in a a place of abundance, and I'm a good father, and I'm going to take care of all your needs and all you have, but you have to step out, and you have to believe in faith. And God gets angry with their unbelief. I mean, what, what more could he do? I mean, think about it. He brought the most powerful nation in the world at that time to its knees with some 80-year-old dude and his cousin. 
An 80-year-old dude and his cousin like rolled up and was like, you're going to let all these people go. And guess what? God validated. He sent signs, wonders, miracles. Like they saw, like they crossed through the Red Sea and saw the sea like a wall. And like they crossed through there, like they saw that happen. So like now, why would they think that God couldn't do it? It says God got angry with their unbelief. You know, you can can pray prayers that are too small. You can. But you can't pray a prayer that's too big. Because you serve a big God that's capable of doing big things, that's capable of doing uh, impossible things. And and God gets angry and he says, you know what, I'm going to march this entire generation around in the wilderness until they die off. But the people of faith, Caleb and Joshua, they're going to go into the land. Let's look at verse 14, 24 in the book of Numbers. It says, my servant Caleb, because he has a different spirit in him and followed me fully, I will bring him into the land where he went and his descendants shall inherit it. God said, "I, I I can't do anything with this other generation because they, they have a slave mentality. They, they, they have a poverty mentality. They're not believing me for abundance. So I, I've got to kill them off because they have the wrong mindset. But I'm going to take these two who are willing to believe me for hard things, who are willing to believe me for impossible things, who are willing to believe me against the odds no matter how tough they look. And I'm going to bring them into the promised land. And it's their descendants that are going to possess the land. What was the difference between all those people who, all those people that that went into the wilderness and Joshua and Caleb? Look, they were all in slavery. They had all saw the same things. They had all dealt with Moses. The only thing, it was just their faith. You had two people that were able that were willing and able to believe on to the promises of God, that were willing to confess the promises of God and believe the promises of God. And because of that, they were able to take the land. And the other people won't. That's why I say a lot of times it's not, it's not like we, we look at all these things, like what was our background, our parents were poor, what family we came from, or or, or where we're at. It, it's, it's not all those things. Well, I wasn't able to go to the best colleges and, and everything like that. It, it cost you zero dollars to get faith in God and stand on the word of God and believe God and have a different kind of mind state and have a different kind of spirit like Caleb had. Amen. So don't allow your lack of faith to stop you from what God called you to do. Believe that that God wants you to prosper. And I know that a a lot of Christians struggle with this, again, because we see some of the excess with kind of the quote-unquote, you know, prosperity gospel. But, you know, in the Old Testament, it's clear, like, poverty is a curse. And, And if you've ever been poor, it's not, it's not a blessing to be poor. It's not. Like, 
I've had my car get repoed. I've had to go and see bankruptcy attorneys. You know, I've had people threaten to sue me. I, I've been on the other end of that. Like, I know what it is. Like, I've had my phone, like, ringing because, like, debt collectors are calling me nonstop because, I, you know, I, I, I was, you know, investing in real estate and maxed out all my credit cards, you know, doing rehabs and didn't have enough money to pay them all back. Like, I've been there. Like, I know what it is. It's not, it's not a blessing to, to be poor. And, and, you know, there's some godly poor people and, and there's godly rich people and, and money is just an instrument. But, but, but the Bible is clear that poverty is, is a curse. I mean, think about it. Do you want your kids to be blessed or do you want your kids to struggle? Do you want your kids to not have enough to eat? Do you want your kids to, to only be, go to the worst schools? Do you want, you know, your kids to live outside in a tent? Like, you don't want any of that for your kids, you know? You want your, you want your kids to, to, to be blessed, and, and, and God wants you to be blessed. He doesn't want you to be struggling and, and, and worrying about debt and, and bill collectors. He doesn't want you driving to church with a car that's held together with Christian bumper stickers, you know, it's like, you know, he doesn't want you to, to, to be in a place where, you know, you don't know where your next meal is coming from and you don't know how you're going to want to pay your bills. Like, God wants you to be blessed. He wants to prosper his people. One of the things that, that, that he died on the cross for was he died so that you wouldn't have to be in poverty. That's why one of the things he said is he said that I have come, God has anointed me to preach the good news to the poor. What's the good news to the poor? You don't have to be poor anymore because you've got a father in heaven who can take care of all your needs. And you know, if, if you don't think that like we're supposed to have money, do you think that as Christians we have a responsibility to care for poor people? How can you care for the poor if you're poor? It's impossible, right? I can't take care of somebody who's poor if I'm poor. But if I have resources and I have the heart of God behind that, then I can take care of people who are poor because God gives me the resources to be his hands and feet so that I can bless other people. So the first thing you've got to kind of expand your mind and believe that God does want you to prosper. And we read that scripture in 3 John right at the beginning of, of service that, that I want you to be in good health and I want you to prosper just as your soul prospers. So John was saying in that, like, I, I want you just as much comfort you found in the gospel of Christ. I want you to, I want you to prosper as well. And I want you to to, to be in good health, right? That was, the, that was the curse of the law. Sin, sickness, and death and poverty were broken at the cross of Christ. So you got to begin to believe that, begin to, to believe, to, to possess that God wants you to prosper. And then you need to align your words with God's word. What are the, the words that come out of your mouth? What do you speak? Uh, you know what, man, I'm just, you know, I'm just, I'm broke, man. I'm so broke, I can't even pay attention. You know, uh, it's like, I'm, you know, I, I, you know what, I don't have anything. I, I'm always, I, I'm always going to be poor. 
No, begin to align your words with God's word. Well, you know, I'll never be able to afford stuff like that. Why don't you start asking yourself, how can I afford it? I'll never be able to buy a house. No, one day I'm going to get a house. One day God is going to bless me to the point where I can buy my own house cash. What's the word of God say? Proverbs 10, 22. The blessing of the Lord makes one rich and adds no sorrow with it. Psalm 112, praise the Lord. Blessed is the man who fears the Lord, who delights greatly in his commandments. His descendants will be mighty on earth. The generation of the upright will be blessed. Wealth and riches will be in his house, and his righteousness endures forever. Philippians 4, 19, my God shall supply all of my needs through his riches and glory. And we can go on and on in Ephesians where it talks about that we have every spiritual blessing in heavenly places. That we're seated in heavenly places with Christ. We serve the God who is more than enough. And so you got to believe that God wants you to prosper. you got to get that mind state in your mind. you got to begin to speak it and align your words with, with, with God's word and begin to, to, to believe God. And then you got to begin to see yourself as a vessel of blessing. And what a lot of Christians do is we pray that God will meet our needs. And I understand that. God, you know I got these bills and, 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 and you said that you're going to meet my needs and I got, you know, the, these medical bills and, and I have this and I, and I got to be that. But what if you saw yourself not as just a person who had needs but as a person who meets needs? See yourself, begin to see yourself and begin to say, God has placed me on the earth so that I can be his vessel of blessing to a broken and fallen world. We, we did a, a series on spiritual authority and we talked about the authority of a believer. That when Jesus sent out the 70 and he said, go out into the village, right? Heal the sick, cast out demons, preach the kingdom of God. He told them, you heal the sick. He gave them authority to go out and heal the sick. So when they went out, if somebody didn't get healed, it wasn't God's fault. It was their fault because God gave them the, them the authority to go and pray for that person. Right? If somebody had a demon in them and they didn't go and cast it out, it wasn't God's fault that the demon didn't get cast out. It was their fault because God gave them the authority. He gave them the blessing and said, you go out and you do this. And it's the same way. We exercise our faith in the same way, believing that, okay, if somebody has a need, that I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take care of that need. Be the person that when you go out to dinner with somebody that you go and you try to pay the bill every time. Don't be the person who shows up and, and just says, you know what, I'm just going to let them pay for me. Because I, you know, I don't really have enough. Step out in faith if you see somebody who's hurting. If you see somebody in front of you, you want to pay for their groceries, you want to pay for their coffee. Say, you know what, God has called me to be a vessel of blessing. He called me to be a person who's going to meet needs. God has blessed me so that I can be a blessing into the world. God has blessed me so that I can be his instrument to care for the poor. God has blessed me so that when somebody is hurting, that I can go there and I can show up and say, you know what, God's blessed me and Jesus loves you so much 
that he's given me the resources that I can make sure that your lights aren't going to get shut off. You know how scary it is to have a family and get your water shut off or get your electric shut off? It's a bad feeling. And when you can show up because you know that God's blessed you and you've been blessed to be a blessing, then you can go there and you can take care of them and you can say, you know what, Jesus loves you. And just in the same way that somebody gets healed, just in the same way that a demon gets cast out in their life, in the same way you can be a financial sign and wonder to that person that shows up and shows them the love of Jesus Christ in a very tangible way. But you got to have an abundance mentality. you got to be able to believe God. Remember, my God will supply all of your needs through His riches and glory. And the problem is that most of us don't have a big enough need. If you really got a burden on your heart that said, you know what, I want to make sure that every, that I want to make sure that we end child trafficking and you got a burden for that and you just began believing God and said God your word says that you give seed to the sower and Lord if you bless me then then I'll turn around and and I'll use that money to to bless this ministry when you get a need when you get a drive when when your heart breaks for the things that that God's heart breaks for then you become a person who's in a blessable place but you got to use your faith and you got to begin to Believe God, and, and I hope that you're believing God for big things in this upcoming year, because I know I am. Guess what? Hope's Haven Maternity Home will be officially opened uh, by the beginning of 2024. We already got our occupancy inspection, and all we need to do is hang up a few smoke alarms and put the cover back on the electric box, and we're good to go. Amen. You know, our, our kitchen's almost done. We just, uh, they, they just have the final things, just putting the hoses in for the Ansel system, and then we got to put our ceiling up. And I'm believing God that, that, that through that kitchen, not only will we be able to do events and, and awesome things together as a church, but we're going to be able to provide a hot lunch to the community every single day through that church. That we're going to be able to feed people every single day that, and we're going to up our food distribution because now our, our kitchen will be finished and won't be a mess. And we have a big commercial freezer and a big commercial refrigerator. So we're going to be able to contact some people and, and be able to get more food in here and more resources. And we're going to be able to feed people just like we did during the time of COVID. Amen. When everybody else was hoarding, we were becoming an instrument of blessing. We're going to up the... We, we've been doing a food distribution every Saturday, but we had to keep it small because of the resources we had, but we're going to increase that, and, and we're on our way to, to building a, a, a prison ministry where we're going to have a group of people that are going to be going into the, the, the prison every week and, and having a Bible study and, and praying with people and building a relationship, and, and not just that, we're going to be able to have a, have a bridge where we build a relationship and then we can bring them into our, our bridge transitional home where we can kind of plant them into the house of God and, and get a family of God around them and help them so they don't have to go back to that criminal lifestyle. We can say that, that, that God has a better way for you. 
and we're in our way, we're, we're on our way to do that, and, and, and we're going to have an after-school youth program. Like Chris and Evan are, are fired up for this. They've been doing an incredible job with our youth group. I mean, this youth group is active, they're excited, they're, 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 they're I mean, these guys are, are, are fired up about the things of God, and, and they've been doing that every Monday night, but, but, but it's in their heart, and, and it aligns with my heart to have an after-school program that these youth kids can come to, like, every single day. I mean, we're going to have to start small and start maybe a, a couple days a week, but eventually we want to have every single day that, that these kids can come right after school and, and, and get fed and get help and, and learn about the things of God, and, and we're going to continue to, to partner and, and support um, Children's Rescue Initiative, and, and we're starting this whole thing called the Beaver County Miracle Center that all these social initiatives are going to be under, and I'm just telling you, it's going to be amazing. When it's all said and done, it's going to be the type of ministry that people are going to write books about. And it's going to be the type of ministry, just like we had a, a, a group of people that went to go see the Los Angeles Dream Center and, and volunteer there, and just like we went to New York and we went to all these other places, there's going to be people coming all around the country saying, you know what, I want to go and I want to visit that place because I want to see the amazing thing that God is doing. Not because we came from a place that had a bunch of money or we got a bunch of money from our denomination, but because we were a, a people that believed God and, and believed His Word and said, you know what, we serve a big God and, and, and our life is going to go quick. And so we got to make a mark. We got to make a stand because the devil's attacking and, and, and he, his time is short and he's full of wrath and, and, and the devil's making his move on every front. And so it's time for us as a people of God to begin making our move and begin to think bigger and, and begin to believe God for impossible things and hard things. And I trust you and trust me, we will see God do some amazing things. Amen. You guys ready to go on this journey with me? But there's going to be giants in the land. There's going to be enemies in the land. You know, there's going to be problems that come up. But we're well able. We're well able. We're well able to do things that most churches won't do. We're well able to help people that most churches won't help. We're, we're well able to, to reach people that most churches are scared to reach. People that, that wouldn't be welcome in other churches. And guess what? We're going to see a miracle here. And I get to be part of it, and you all get to be a part of it. It's coming for sure. go ahead and we're going to take the Lord's Supper together. If you didn't get a communion cup, just go ahead and stick a hand up. Everybody got a communion cup. Is there anybody here? I just need you to keep a hand up. Brother Glenn is going to give you one. We got somebody over here to the right.
when we come to the communion table, Jesus said, as often as you do it, remember me. And this always takes me back to the cross. It always takes me back to the, to the cross of Christ. As we get there and we remember what Jesus did for us on that cross. The Bible says that for this reason, the Son of God was manifest, that he might destroy all the works of the devil. So everything that was undone in the Garden of Eden, right? Everything that, that happened, the works of the devil, have been broken by Jesus on the cross. That he restored everything that the devil has taken away. You know, do you think Adam was walking around in the Garden of Eden worried about, man, I, I don't know what I'm going to eat next. No, he just walked around and everything was there. God just provided for him. He, 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 he concentrated on fellowshipping with God, working the land, and God just blessed it. But we're in a place where, you know, sometimes we just, we feel like, man, there's just never enough. Let God set you free from that. Let Jesus set you free from that. To not worry about, you know, what you're going to eat, what you're going to wear, right? To not focus on, to not focus on material things, but focus on, I want to build the kingdom of God and everything will be added unto you. That Jesus died to break the curse of the law. And I love that, that, that psalm that says, bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not his benefits who forgives all my sins and heals all my disease. As we take the bread, if you have anything in your body, any type of sickness, any type of disease, whatever it is, know this, that by his stripes, you were healed. You were healed. Lord, I thank you for your body that was bruised and crushed. The stripes that were laid on your back so that we could be whole. And so, Lord, I pray in the name of Jesus that anybody here that's suffering from any physical ailment, I pray that as they take this bread, as they take your body, that healing would flow. In the name of Jesus, go ahead and take the bread. And as we take the cup, we remember that all of our sins have been forgiven. All of them. Been cast as far as the east is from the west. That he wrote our pardon in his life's blood. That that the blood of Jesus cleanses us from all sins so that we could have relationship with him, so we could be a beloved son or daughter. He who knew no sin became sin for us so that we might become the righteousness of God in Christ. Lord, I thank you that you have made us righteous. 
pray that if anybody's dealing with guilt or shame or feelings of inadequacy and maybe they're questioning your love for them as we take the cup may they get a revelation of what you did for us that not only did you forgive us of all sin but you broke the power of sin in our lives go ahead and take the We could just finish by standing to our feet. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May he make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May he lift his countenance upon you and give you peace. Until we meet again, may the blessing and the favor of the Lord Jesus Christ rest upon you and your house. God bless you. Thank you for coming out tonight. I'll see you guys all on Sunday morning. I love you. Jesus loves you. Why don't you stop by, give somebody a hug, give them a handshake, give them a greeting. And I'll see you guys soon.
sit with you, Father. I watch you as you tear down those walls. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. You're a champion, Father. You're a champion. You're a healer. You're a way maker, Lord. You're a provider. Father, we thank you. We thank you. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. Your name is greater than any other name. Your name is greater. Yes, it's greater. Yes, it's greater. Yes, it's greater. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Yes, it's greater. Yes, it's greater. Yes, it's greater. Yes, it's greater. Your name is power over darkness. Yes, it is. Great. 